Welcome to the Ortho Joe Show, a joint production of the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery and Ortho Evidence. In our world, orthopedic research is king, and current topics from our respective publications are analyzed weekly. Here is Mohit Bandari from Ortho Evidence and Mark Swinkowski from the Journal of Bone and Joint Surgery. Well, good morning, Mo. Morning. I'm out here uh, at the journal office. I got in late last night, big storm. So the flight was delayed, sat on the tarmac for 45 minutes, waiting for a gate, all that stuff. So I really need the Ortho Joe mug this morning, which is uh, filled with a nice latte. Looks like you've got yours. Oh, I've got mine, but ours is the good old Canadian Tim Hortons. So, Uh, yeah, well, to be honest with you, I stopped at Starbucks to fill this up. So, um, and, uh, to our guests, uh, you will be getting one of these extremely valuable mugs uh, that you can use in your commute uh, and uh, to listen to the ortho, Joe. So, uh, Mo, we've got an important topic this morning, and that is uh, research uh, into the injured warrior uh, that has uh, been led by the Metric Consortium. Uh, and we're going to ask our two guests uh, who are who are in, in have been there, done that. Uh, who are, are at military treatment facilities now uh, and uh, are just leaving and w- what they think that this program has done uh, for them and uh, the warriors that they uh, treat. So we have uh, Matt Schmitz, our deputy editor for social media here at JVGS, does a great job. Uh, and uh, Matt is a pediatric orthopedist with a special interest uh, in uh, hip. Uh, and he's an associate professor at USUS, uh, the, the military medical school, and is at the Brook Army Medical Center. And we also have uh, Dr. Patrick Osborne, who uh, was, I just learned, uh, the recently retired chair of surgery uh, at that center, uh, and is now uh, out as a trauma surgeon in the Baptist Health System in San Antonio. So just by way of full disclosure for the audience, I actually chair the data safety, data, data safety monitoring committee for the metric consortium. So I'm fairly familiar with all of the research that's uh, been done there. But what, what, what I'm mostly interested in is what you two have, who have been deployed, have been out there. What, what has this research done for your abilities to treat the uh, injured warrior? Yeah, thanks, Mark. And uh I should say that Brook Army has been able to really participate in metric because of our status as a uh, American College of Surgeons level one trauma center. So we did have the volume uh, to contribute and we are able to take that back not only to uh, the civilian population in the local area, but obviously the wounded warriors. And I think it, the the expanse of what metric has done and, and looking at critical bone defects, infection, a lot of uh, effort there. Uh, and amputations and limb salvage uh, all are are obviously applicable to the wounded warrior population. And if nothing else, they they generate thought, but I think they've really guided some improvements in treatment, uh, whether it's local antibiotics, um, options for filling those critical defects, or even something that is anathema to many people is, is considering amputation more as a treatment as opposed to a salvage. Um, those all, uh, whether you uh, espouse them entirely or not, they do generate a lot of thought. And uh, I think metric uh, in this interwar period is really crucial to maintaining that knowledge base and, and the focus that we usually see, uh, or that we usually see lost in that interwar period. Matt? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, Oz, Dr. Osborne has been deployed a couple of times. I've deployed as well. And trying to take those lessons learned and making sure that we don't forget them is critical. And so it's part of our teaching here at BAMC to, to, to make sure as a level one trauma center that, that we're doing thorough debridements and that we're not just using small incisions to really clean up wounds. Because some of the wounds that we see here at BAMC are, are just like what we would see downrange, blast injuries, high velocity gunshot wounds. Some of that has made the news recently. Uh, and so trying to make sure that we train the next generation of military orthopedic surgeons for whatever that next conflict is. And, and metric has been the baseline for um, that. Also that civilian military collaboration, which is really key uh, in advancing the science. Matt, Matt, can I just ask you to take a step back and for some of the listeners and viewers, just help them understand what metric is. I think, um, you know, um, we're just, we're talking about it with the belief that everyone listening understands it, but there's going to be a lot of other listeners who may not be aware uh, of what this group is and really how it functions. Yeah, I'm actually going to defer that to Dr. Osborne. He's been our site PI for metric for the last, what, seven or eight years here at BAMC. Yeah, so... Uh... Thanks. So metric is the major extremity trauma and rehabilitation consortium. And so multi-center pooling patients to look at a variety of uh, uh, issues around trauma, whether it's rehabilitation, uh, acute treatment, um, uh, in the field treatment, um, uh, or some of the uh, social or economic impacts. Um, And really, and I think that's uh, another important part to the military of where it, it goes from the, the time of injury and the initial treatment um, through salvage, through rehabilitation, then also looking at the long-term effects, both uh, on a hospital, on society, and, and certainly on the patient, obviously. And again, that goes back to the, you know, the, the wounded warrior type where it, it helps give some broader based knowledge of what the, the, the lives of these patients are going to be afterwards. Got it. And the primary source of funding then, Patrick, comes, is it correct, from the U.S. Departments of Defense, or is there other funding sources? Uh, yeah, I, Mark, and you may know this better than I do, but I, I believe this is all uh, congressionally uh, delegated uh, money uh, through the, the CDR uh, MRP program or uh, other DOD uh, or federal grants. Yeah, it is through the Department of Defense, uh, but but metric has has to compete uh, for these grants. Uh, it's not it's just not awarded directly from the Department of Defense uh, to the metric consortium. So uh, there's been I think three major grant applications that have gone through that funded this effort uh, over the last uh, 12 15 years. Um, but it it is a competitive grant uh, process that that uh, is is open to others uh, doing research on these uh, topics. Um, I, I want to just emphasize uh, that the word rehabilitation has, has come up and, you know, there are there are projects that really do focus on uh, rehabilitation techniques. Uh, there's one that's uh, underway on uh, the, the, uh, the, the type of approaches for rehabilitation, um, the, the uh, tourniquet application to, to provide ischemia uh, to muscles uh, in patients recovering from uh, femur uh, fracture, blood flow restriction, which has been popular in the sports world, that's being investigated by the metric consortium, as is uh, anti-gravity rehabilitation for lower limb trauma and trying to limit the uh, weight bearing while patients re- recovery. It, it really is not just uh, treatment, uh, it is the rehabilitation phase, which is, which is very, very important. 
Yep. Mark, I was going to make a little plug to what we've seen, you know, as thankfully we're, we're entering that interwar period where we're seeing less conflict downrange is the number one threat to soldier readiness or being able to compete in the battle is actually become more of a sports injuries, ACLs, shoulder dislocations. And so the military and, and DHA, the Defense Health Agency, started uh, what's called the Military Orthopedics Tracking Injuries and Outcomes Network, or, or MOTION. Uh, and this was started uh, by some of my mentors probably about six or seven years ago. And now it's combined not just with orthopedic sports, but also with rehab. And there's over 35 thousand patients that have been enrolled with nearly a half uh, half a million surveys. And this is on both the, the surgical standpoint and the rehab because that rehab is so important. Uh, and so when we look at ortho patients, unique patients, there's 12,000 patients enrolled in this and there's 23,000 rehab patients. And that includes, um, you know, 5,000 shoulder arthroscopy cases, 5,000 knee arthroscopy cases, and, and 2,000 hip arthroscopy cases. So this is another kind of uh, multidisciplinary where we're looking at not just the surgical standpoint, but the rehabilitation afterwards and, and getting our soldiers back to being ready to fight, whether that's from a trauma standpoint or a, uh, an orthopedic sports injury standpoint. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the rehab part, as Matt mentioned, is, is very easy to translate to return to duty, uh, back on the battlefield, back in their military, uh, or, uh, military specialty. But obviously that goes right back to getting somebody back to work at, uh, the grocery store or whatever other job they may have. So while this all was driven by DOD research and DOD patients in many cases uh, in mind, the, the applications beyond uh, DOD and the military are, are vast. And it seems, it seems Patrick uh, and Matt, that it, because you, you know, you've used the word uh, that were between wars, basically, that the priorities shift. So is it always a sort of a sort of a changing goalpost on priorities and, and what uh, research is needed? And I guess the question would be is as a new priority uh, becomes apparent, how quickly then does metric respond to that? Is there a process in which you're able to like always be calling new ideas? Because, you know, having done a few trials in my own life, it takes some time. It takes some time. Uh, you know, it's, some, some of these programs take a long time to complete. So I'm really actually genuinely curious about, you know, sort of the efficiency of getting these questions answered that are often very timely and time sensitive. Well, I think, and Mark, I think you'll have an opinion on this as well, as anything that this is this large and, and answering a big question does take time. Um, but in, in my involvement in metric, there was uh, almost constantly new ideas being floated up um, and, and those would be vetted and, and the appropriate ones for a big multi-center study would, uh, would make it towards uh, uh, being adopted by metric. Then you have the grant piece on top of that. Um, and so I, I think it's about as agile as you can be, but you know, the, the power of numbers as was written about by metric was uh, it is really without substitute. And uh, yeah, it may not be as quickly as we might like some of the answers, but the power of the results because of this, this huge group uh, and the effectiveness of how these studies are done uh, really, in my mind, overcomes a lot of, uh, you know, uh, lack of timeliness or, or maybe being a little bit behind the power curve in the worst case. 
Yeah, it's it's that old adage of trying to trying to steer a slow moving ship, right? But if you you know the the funding process, as as Mark mentioned, is a competitive, uh, open to civilian and military, and so that process in and of itself, the application process takes well over a year. But it's it's really critical to have a a, a steering committee or a committee that's forward thinking and trying to to develop what the new projects are, and then add on projects as things come up based on the current funding system and in and data collection that you're doing. And Mo, I will just say, you know, based on our uh, personal experience in running trials, that to have a consortium like this really does save that first one to two years where you're trying to sort out which centers are going to have the, the, the numbers and which are going to recruit and follow the patients because of the large number of trials that have been done by the metric consortium. I would say it's bordering on 40 or 50 trials now every center has a track record. And when they, they commit, uh, the steering committee can look at their performance. Uh, and that really does save a lot of time. I would guess on a trial, probably saves a year, uh, maybe even a little bit more for every new trial that comes up, which is highly refined because you've got all these very experienced trauma surgeons at a military treatment facilities, as well as in the civilian side at level one centers who are weighing in on what the important questions are. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes it, it makes total sense to me, right? I mean, the future of trials is that, you know, we're getting bigger and bigger in terms of numbers, which means we need more and more centers. Um, and then the question is, how do you make them efficient? You know, efficient in the context of how do we collect data, um, you know, ways in which we can use remote, uh, you know, collection of data, um, you know, can we use sensors and all those kind of things that, you know, can make things uh, faster so we're not spending the extra cost, which is a big part of it, but also the time. So you're right. I think it always starts with a group of committed individuals. So, I mean, I think metric, as far as I can recall, I think it was probably 2003, 2004 that I started hearing a lot about metric. Um, yep. So it's been, it's short, short of two decades almost now yep. that they've been, you know, functioning um, and functioning, you know, in a great, I, can you speak a little bit about the growth? I mean, I imagine, I mean, back then, I remember there was a few centers, has it stayed stable or is there a, Sort of, do you get a sense of are there centers, uh, more centers coming on board, some centers moving away? Patrick, you might have the most up to date input there. Mm. Yeah, I, I think to at least as long as I've been following it, I think the number of uh, centers maybe has had some slow growth. It's always been around 40. I'm not sure of the exact count right now. Um, but it, it always, you, you've always had a very big core. Uh, of uh, some centers that are always going to participate and, and put up big numbers. And, and again, uh, with BAMC being, Brook Army being the, the only level one trauma center for DOD, um, you know, having an MTF, a military treatment facility, uh, participating in the study has uh, is, is been very important to a lot of these going through. And, and so we've participated in, in 20 by my count uh, over the past years. Um, and so we're, we're very proud to be in that top 10 of, of uh, contributors. But um, I think overall, the, the group has been pretty stable with uh, new upcoming centers. And, and it go, goes back to money. And you, do you have the research support and things like that to, to really be uh, meeting the, the uh, expectations of the consortium? If, if I could maybe put, and I think you may have already alluded to it, uh, Patrick, in your opening uh, statement around kind of, you know, the kind of research that Metric's been doing. But if I, were, if I were to ask both of you to at least reflect on where you see 
right now the key priority areas of focus, areas where you think questions need to get answered or questions that metric is aiming to answer? How would you respond to that? From my standpoint, I think rehab uh, is, is really a huge part of this and novel ways of doing rehab, as you mentioned, um, cutting costs. You know, does this need to be more of a patient-centered or, or home exercise-based uh, way of doing things? Because, you know, time is money and, and time is at a premium and compliance is related to the amount of time that a patient has. And so how do we do that effectively? Um, I, I think novel things like Mark mentioned with the repair study on, on blood flow restriction for femur fractures, other fractures, um, and using some of those novel things like pedometers and things like that to, to really track data. Um, it, to me, that, that really uh, uh, makes a, a huge leap forward potentially on how we do things. I think prevent clot is another one that has been great and, and has real uh, potential to change how we do things. I don't think everybody will, anybody will ever answer the VTE question uh, completely. Um, but boy, if we can cut costs, if we can do things just as effectively with something that's cheap and easy and, and more com uh, uh, compliance is seen, um, then that's that's a huge move forward. And I think there will always be ways to look at, you know, how do we treat bone defects? How do we treat infections better with nanotechnology, whatever it might be? Um, those are, you know, those will always remain key impact uh, areas of metric. But I think rehab, um, and again, as I mentioned too, the psychosocial aspects, what the costs are, um, and, and how that generates, you know, efforts at prevention um, and uh, uh, efforts to improve the entire continuum of care. Yeah, I'd echo that and say, you know, we still don't have an answer for some of the major injuries, the infections, the infections still occur. And so in large groups like this, perhaps you can tease out better data, but moving forward, the, the, the concept of limb salvage versus amputation and the rehab factors associated with that, the psychosocial aspects that are associated with that, what can we learn from our service members and then take that over to our civilian counterparts as well that, that sustain some of the same injuries with, with motor vehicle collisions, et cetera. And so I think those are unique things, but, but at the same time, um, you know, we can't forget the, the bone defects and the, and the infections that are, are huge issues from a patient perspective, but also from a surgeon perspective and trying to get good outcomes for these patients. Well, let me perhaps uh, end uh, this, this very informative uh, discussion with uh, a tough question for you two. If you had to pick one or two things that have come out of the metric work that have really changed practice, what would you say is that one or two things? Patrick? Um, I think from my standpoint, you know, the outlet study was uh, very interesting to me because uh, I, I think there are two big schools on, you know, limb salvage at all costs versus uh, a, a potential uh, early discussion of amputation as, as a way forward for some of these patients. And that's, that's very difficult. And certainly in the military population, it's been uh, somewhat uh, uh, fraught with, with uncertainty because, you know, you, you get uh, uh, real high-end uh, uh, amputee care, um, and but does that go uh, and is it perpetuated throughout a patient's life? And so, uh, you know, I think uh, putting out there that hey, uh, amputations are something that need to be considered um, early or can be 
for the right patient uh, to me was uh, something that really helped uh, uh, somebody like me who my upbringing was more, hey, um, that that deserves the conversation at least. And, and to a lot of people, that was uh, not something that was really um, talked about until the very end. And I think that's okay. And I think that helps us work through with our patients. And again, I think any of the rehab uh, studies that Metric is doing um, are, are potential breakthroughs. And I, I think things that are, are more efficient and, and uh, really involve the patient and keep that patient involved um, in looking at those options is, is a huge uh, potential benefit down the line. I think that the, the rehab component and the, again, trying to moving from looking at just an injury to the actual patient incorporation of that injury and what their specific outcome is going to be, because two grade three C tibia fractures can be two completely different outcomes based on the patients uh, and looking at as, as using an amputate, that whole concept of amputation versus limb salvage. And there's no clear algorithm for that. There probably will never be a clear algorithm for that, but the patient's uh, impact and the patient's participation in that uh, is, I think is really important moving forward. And I think we'll continue to see that, that data come out of future studies. Well, those are two very, very salient uh, answers for, for me. I, I would put way up there the use of vancomycin powder in preventing a deep infection. I think uh, that study uh, from the metric consortium has really changed the changed practice in trauma surgery. Um, Mo, you have any last questions for our esteemed guests? No, I mean, I, I was just going to say that, you know, we, we could keep talking, but I know our time, unfortunately, has to come to an end. Um, the one thing I would say is just another real vote of congratulations to both, you know, uh, Dr. Schmitz and Osborne for, first of all, uh, you know, giving us insight onto metric, but also, you know, to the field, you know, that the field that is um, orthopedics and particularly in trauma, uh, you know, moving, you know, this idea of collaborative programs together way before I think a lot of other subspecialty areas took it on. So we've seen a lot of other groups grow because of the models that metric has sent. And I think for that, um, that's an impressive outcome and uh, you know outcome in itself yeah thanks and i would say to our uh, listening and viewing audience that uh, uh, take a look at uh, a metric uh, work uh, throughout the literature it's uh, it's it's available uh, to you certainly in the journal and uh, in, in other uh, journals and and take a look at uh, uh, what's been produced by this uh, very active consortium because it really has changed uh, the practice and will continue to do so i think for the foreseeable next decade at least. So, and thanks to our guests for participating. You'll get one of these fabulous Ortho Joe mugs uh, for your commute very shortly in the mail. And uh, we wish you all the best uh, today and uh, in your careers uh, in and out of the uh, MTF. So cheers. Thanks, cheers. Mark. Thanks, thanks Mark. everyone. Take care. All right.